Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. 94.9 The Rock, GTA's Rock Station. Probably the uh, the goal in anybody's life is to stay out of San Quentin. Should be. Any prison. Should be. Yeah. I think uh, if you're looking for uh, for just a couple of steps in life, <laughs> you want to set the bar low. Yeah. Just stay out of San Quentin. Stay out of any prison, really. I did a tour. Went to California. We had family that lived in California. And uh, when I was a kid, we went and we did the tour of Alcatraz. Oh, that I'd like to do. That was really cool. Um, and uh, I remember it uh, with the guy who was running us around uh, the uh, the prison. At one point, they had us all, there was a bunch of us all standing in one hallway. And they uh, had all the uh, jail cells open. And then at some point, they closed them. They said, this is the sound every prisoner in here heard every night. And it was just this big, loud clang of yeah. all the prisons locking, each cell locking down. It's a stark reminder. Yeah. I did the Kingston Pen tour. Okay. And that was quite interesting. I bet. Yeah. Every time I drive by, there's a, there's a prison out around Milton. You see it off the 401. Yes, right. I never see anybody outside. Like... <laughs> Isn't that in all the movies where they're in the yards, they're walking around talking to each other, working out? Yeah. That's where the trouble starts, in the yards. Yeah, maybe that's why they're not out. Maybe. They had the uh, solitary confinement, too, in uh, in Alcatraz, and uh, I'm sure every prison had them. Mm -hmm. This is where you get sent when you've been a bad boy or a girl. I saw that section in Kingston. Yeah. Which had a famous guest at one point. That's right. Um. In San Quentin or in Alcatraz, they had, I think it was like 15 cells maybe for solitary confinement, but the last two were the worst. Okay. Where they would, um. The hole? Well, it was still just a cell, but it was a tiny little thing, but they would strip the prisoner down and make them uh, stay in there naked because it was out in the San Francisco Bay. Mm-hmm. And so it's freezing. And so they would literally have to learn how to sleep either standing up or leaning on their elbows and toes. Sounds comfortable. On cement. Like a plank. Yeah, basically. That that Try, try that even for 40 seconds. <laughs> a little eight hours. <laughs> Great night's sleep. So next time your mattress doesn't feel quite right. <laughs> Mine was hurting my back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As, I, as, as I rolled into hour 10 <laughs> yeah. in the rack. You had to have the night nurse spin you a couple of more times. <laughs> You ever find with the night nurse, you think, Adrian's asleep. (laughs) (laughs) One, I don't have a night nurse. Oh, come on now. If I did, I'm pretty sure she would not find me very attractive (laughs) at that point in time. (laughs) With all of the accoutrement that I need to fall asleep. (laughs) That, and if her job was really to basically coddle me Mm -hmm. to get me into bed, (laughs) again, the attractiveness level has got to be low. This is where it's gotten in Lucky's life. But now the night nurse has to has to hug him and read him a story before he'll go to sleep. Make sure the pillow's just right. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what? The, the older I get, the more that uh, 
that curving movable bed. Mm. Uh, you know, the, it's not retractable. I can't remember what the word is for the craftmatic. Wasn't yeah. It? That thing looks better and better. Well, I've adjustable always, bed. I've always thought you get that V going. Right. It's decision time. You know what I mean. <laughs> Take care of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. You look over, your wife's asleep, you're like, oh, here comes the V. <laughs> She's probably listening to that going, oh, here he goes again. If I could just remove a rim, I'd be right there. Do you enjoy yourself some bubble gum? I like a gum. You like a gum? Uh, I'm not a massive chewer. No? I, uh, I grew up. Loving juicy fruit and big mm-hmm. league chew. Mm-hmm. And some bubblicious every now and then. These days, I'll turn down more gum offered to me than I'll take. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I always feel like when someone offers you gum, they're trying to send you a message. I know. You have to, th- you have to think about that one. Why are you offering me this? Do I? I'll s- go mint though. Is my halitosis flaring up? <laughs> right. <laughs> Do the little quick, uh, quick breath into the hand. Do you know the trick? Uh, the breath in the hand uh, does not actually work. Right. But the lick and sniff works. Oh, okay. Supposedly, if you lick the top of your hand, and you have to do this when nobody's around. Yeah, that looks awkward. You lick the top of your hand, and you smell your spit. And if it has a scent to it, you've got bad breath. I mean, I don't know if the uh, the, the the hand over the mouth is a great indicator, but if you can smell how bad it is with that, mm. then you know it's really bad. Boy, when somebody has the uh, the halitosis around you, right? Oof. And it's it, it's tough to even admit, like to say to somebody, "You need a mint." Yeah, you know, you feel bad. The licking the back of the hand is an awkward one in public. Mm. Outside of doing tequila shots, I don't know anywhere where it happens. <laughs> right, <laughs> get some salt on there. Yeah, yeah. No, I've uh, I have uh, on the odd occasion if I'm heading into a meeting or I'm going somewhere and I got to deal with somebody. As I'm heading into the building, I'll do the quick tuck around, lick and sniff. Oh, yeah? No, I've done it. I've done it many I'll times. I'll do a preemptive mint. Mm. You never go wrong. Mm-hmm. Bubble gum, the reason I asked you about bubble gum was it was invented in Philadelphia 95 years ago. Really? A 23-year-old candy accountant named Walter Dimmer invented it. He was messing around in the factory when he created a mixture that allowed him to blow a bubble and pop it. Wow. There you got the bubble gum. Let me ask you something. You uh, a thrills gum, yay or nay kind of guy? What's thrills gum? We're like gum that tastes like soap to so many people. It's kind of like the gum version of cilantro. Oh, really? Where I don't people know that either heard of love it. it or hate it. Oh, no, I'm just a dentine guy. Okay. Straight it's up. called thrills. And, hmm. and if you had it, for the majority of people, it tasted like soap. Hmm. And there was a couple who just, the people who just loved it. I remember having um, a package of gum, and it was one of these, like, ultra mint or volcano something. Like, it had, right. like, a, an abundance of flavor. Yes. And I remember giving a piece to somebody who asked if I had any gum, and they acted like they had just eaten a, a, a jar full of jalapenos. <laughs> like, it's gum. <laughs> Relax. Uh, Ryan Gosling gained 60 pounds to star in a movie called The Lovely Bones. Okay. But when he showed up on set, it turned out that Peter Jackson, the director, wasn't picturing an overweight lead. So Gosling was fired and Mark Wahlberg was brought in. Wow. So Gosling, you think they would have had a conversation? Yeah. Like how much effort to put on 60 pounds? <laughs> 
and never pick up the phone and say, hey, do you want me to gain this weight? Yeah, yeah. we want you to look like you. That's so bizarre. Or yeah, you, am I going to wear a fat suit for this, or do you yeah. want me to gain the weight? What's the... Imagine wow. going home that day. Like, I just been fi- I spent the last God knows how long eating nothing but crap. Yeah. Probably eat more. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so pissed off. All right, I'm going for a burger. And who's his wife? Who's Ryan Gosling married to? It's uh, Eva Mendez, right? Yes. You know, he's gaining all this weight. She's not attracted to him anymore. Right. She goes, we haven't had sex in months because you're gross. And now you got fired? <laughs> Divorce you. The uh, Nintendo There'd character. be a call to an agent somewhere Oh, in there. somebody's getting fired. Right. The Nintendo character Kirby is named after an attorney named John Kirby, who successfully defended Nintendo in court when they were sued because Universal said Donkey Kong was a ripoff of King Kong. Oh, all right. The first For Dummies book was DOS for Dummies in 1991. Now the series has around 2,500 titles and more than 200 million copies in print. (laughs) There's dummies for everything. Yeah. And it's the one place where in that bookstore where we don't mind admitting we're a dummy. I bought uh, Cooking for Dummies years ago. Okay. Still use recipes from it to this day. Yeah. Yeah. I got puppies for dummies. Did you? Yeah. Oh, you had to. With Gave you. it up after chapter two. And <laughs> that's why we've got a nightmare on our hands. <laughs> Red Lobster ran an all-you-can-eat crab promotion in 2003 and wound up taking a $3.3 million loss <laughs> because they seriously <laughs> underestimated how much people can eat. That's right. Yeah. That's. Uh, I think I went to that all-you-can-eat crab <laughs> night. <laughs> and they'd have to bring it around slowly. Yeah. Like they bring it here. Here's a, here's one leg. Yeah. At a time. It's not a restaurant I uh, I frequent often. My father just loved it. Mm. He would be there all the time. And a couple of uh, years ago, he gave Marie and I a gift card for Red Lobster. And after he passed away, I said, "Ah, oh, we should use uh, we should use Bobby's gift card." So we went out and. Uh, and had dinner. And I always just assumed that Red Lobster was like full of old people. It just in my head, it seems like it's a senior's place to go. Right. Everybody was there. Oh, yeah. Families, young, old, everybody's enjoying it. I remember it. having to line up to get into Red Lobsters. Yeah. Like it, it was it always been. They're still around. Mm-hmm. It, There's a lot. Yeah, one but, in downtown Oshawa. Yeah. And it's not discount seafood necessarily. They just do what they do. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Crab legs or shrimp. Rice or fries, and off you go. It's basically the keg of seafood. Right. It's not cheap. No. Well, fish is not cheap. It no. used to be fish was a, a cheap dinner. It's expensive. Hell, the butter is not cheap anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Man, those biscuits they serve. Oh, yeah. Heaven you can on. get the batter for you. You yeah. make them at home. I have. That is good. <laughs> Never. No, no. It's very common for MLB managers to be ejected. It's more rare for the NBA head coaches to get the hook, but it has happened. However, no NFL head coach has ever been thrown out of a game for arguing with the officials. Really? Yeah. And there's a lot. If you ever watch kind of some of the behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of screaming going on. With the the ball judge, because it's an estimation, yeah, right. It's it's one of the sports where there's more estimation going on throughout it, right? And and arbitrary referees calls that aren't video reviewed. Have you watched quarterbacks yet on Netflix? I have. 
Fant- and I Patrick do- Mahomes is a Muppet. His voice is He's a Muppet. very, very Muppet-like. <laughs> yes. He's a Muppet. With big fluff of hair. So you saw the whole thing? Uh, I can't remember if I've gone to watch the final episode, but I, I have gotten to the point where I could only hear you when I heard her yeah. talking. About how hard we're working on the field. <laughs> we're giving it all out there. <laughs> She's struggling to keep her hair bun in and her margarita full. <laughs> And the house? Did you see the house they yes, built? Yes, yes. It's very nice. Yeah, yeah. But he's a Muppet. Uh, China and Russia have the most countries touching their borders with 14 each. And yes, they touch each other. Yes, they do. Yeah. 12 of the 20th big, biggest hotels in the world, based on number of rooms, are on the Las Vegas Strip. 12 right. out of the 20th. Yes. For the yeah. rest are probably in Dubai. But yeah. Uh, yeah. They are big. The uh, movie Dirty Harry, the classic with Clint Eastwood, was originally going to be called Dead Right, and Frank Sinatra was going to be the star instead of Clint Eastwood. Really? Yeah. There are about 20 quintillion animals totally living on Earth. That's 20 billion billion, and about half are insects. Yes. Okay, if you count those, there's lots. Yeah. The pie chart, bar chart, and line graph were all invented by an engineer named William Playfair from Scotland in the late 1700s. He must have been fun at parties. (laughs) (laughs) Never got laid. And uh, this is a good one. Author J.M. Barry lost his 13-year-old brother in an accident as a kid. To comfort his mother, he started speaking and acting like his brother and wearing his clothes. His mother treated him as if he was the dead brother. He later wrote a novel about a kid stuck in childhood, Peter Pan. Wow. Yeah. Holy cow. That's a therapist guy. Yeah, you think? (laughs) I'm sure sure old J.M. Barry spent some time with a doctor. We got an email from uh, a gentleman named Chad and his dad... Rob is retiring in a few weeks, and he's been listening to uh, Craig and Lucky for many years. And uh, he would love to hear us uh, wish him a happy retirement. And 40, 40 years, years in the drywall industry? Yes, two sons are going to carry on the business. I'll tell you this much, Rob. 40 years of dedicated drywalling. Your two boys are going to flush that company in about <laughs> six weeks. I was going to say 40. <laughs> retiring. Quitter. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Drywall. What an easy job. I'm not going to say any of that because at some point we're going to need a drywall guy. And hopefully Chad is still in the business at that point. Well, yeah. Well, his dad certainly won't be. Right. Yeah. yeah Rob has said enough with the drywall. How much dust do you think he's brought home in 40 years of drywall? It's real man work. It's real tough, hard work. I'm For- telling you. I couldn't do it for a day. No. I was going to say 40 years. Four four days of drywalling is more work than we do in a year. I once had the only sort of job I had that had any manly aspect to it. I lasted one week. Really? And I was uh, installing or fixing cable boxes where, um, you know, those old, I guess they're still around, the green boxes that are inside of people's homes. That used to have all the cable stuff in it. And they get hit, knocked over, whatever would happen. And so me and this crew of three other guys would go out and fix these cable boxes. And uh, out of the four of us, three of them couldn't stand me. Because I was young and had no idea what I was doing. 
And I think it was through Rogers, if I remember correctly, because it was around the time that uh, the Wonder Boxes came out for Super Channel and First Choice and okay. all that. And so they were hiring people, like giving people vans to drive around and install these Wonder Boxes, when really all it was was cable in and cable out to the TV. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it seems so difficult. But a buddy of mine landed one of these jobs, and he told me it was like, uh, writing a forum story every day. <laughs> that it, lonely housewives. He'd show up to install the the box, and sure, there'd be a lot of installing going on. So of course, an eighteen year old Craig's like, "Where do I sign up cable for this? Cable in, cable out. That's cable right. in, cable out." Uh, but I had a little problem with my driver's abstract and too many speeding tickets. Gotcha. So they said, "Well, we'll put you on the construction side till your abstract clears up, and then you can get a van." <laughs> So I went out and bought a pair of construction boots that I had never, like Kodiaks or whatever that I'd never owned. And uh, on the first day, I'm digging up this cable box. And then uh, once you fix what you had to fix, then you got to go grab this big, I don't even know what they're called, but the things that pound the ground. A tamper? A tamper. Right. So I had to pull this thing out of the back of the truck, and I was all of about 85 pounds at this point. This thing, it was like double my size and then some. I haul it out of the truck. I don't even know how to start it. The guy's screaming at me like he's an old man who just hated me. (laughs) He's screaming at me all day, and he's screaming at me to fire this thing up. But I guess the... um, the throttle or whatever was on full. And so when I pulled the cord to fire it up, the thing just started running like full speed. Right. And it was taking me across a front lawn, <laughs> heading for a window of somebody's house. The old man comes and he hits the kill switch and it stops. And instead of saying, are you okay, Craig? He just starts screaming at me again. <laughs> So I quit. That was the last manly job I ever had. So Rob... You're a good man. 40 years in the drywalling business, shutting her down. We do expect you to still wake up in the morning and listen to us. We would hope. Yeah. I mean, what else you got to do? Exactly. So yell at your two sons for ruining the business. (laughs) (laughs) Nowadays, it seems like everybody's got a tattoo, but only about a quarter of us have a tattoo. So the... The pool of people with tattoos is actually small, even though it seems like everybody I look at has some sort of tattoo. Right. Only a quarter of us. There's a, yeah, all right. And there's a a, a fair element of that quarter that have a lot of tattoos. Mm-hmm. It seems like there's an addiction to it. Yes. Once you get one, you want a lot. Right. Um, many say, many adults say they got a tattoo to try to improve their personal appearance. Okay. Well, I mean, if you got scars, they cover uh, right. scars or wounds, right? Yeah. People say they got a tattoo to make a statement about what they believe in, or they got a tattoo to honor or remember someone or something. And very few regret getting one. I mean, it depends. And, and I think tattoo artists are quite careful with explaining to people, you know, if you're going to tattoo someone on you <laughs> that, mm. or somewhere on you that it really should be, you know, the right sort of decision to make. Yeah, I, I would suggest tattooing a, a parent or a child is safe. Right. I wouldn't go with a spouse. You never know. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's permanent. Yeah. No, listen, with a spouse, it's just uh, wedding bands and uh, uh, bath cloths. How about tattooing your someone else's name to impress them, trying to get a date with them? Oh, that's really desperate, right. I think. Uh, women 
are slightly more likely than men to have a tattoo. All right. Lower income earners are more likely than higher income. And LGBTQ folk are more likely than those who are straight to have tattoos. Hmm, okay. You still planning on doing that uh, That one you always talked about? The I, I've, I've got it all planned out. Yeah, yeah. But, you know. No. <laughs> Your kids will have tattoos yeah, before, before I have a tattoo now, of them. Now, at what age uh, with your boys? If one of them, probably Evan before Christian, just because he's older. Right. But at uh, if they came home tomorrow and said, I want to put a tattoo of goalie pads, whatever it might be. If they just wanted a tattoo. Gotcha. What, what, would, uh, what would your response be? Uh, well, they're too young at this point, but uh, I guess if that, if that age came around when they mm. could get one. How old do you have to be? I think, you don't you have to be, like, you got to be at least 18, don't you? Or have, or if know. not close to that age, have someone that age uh, sign for you? I think Probably. it's supposed to be. But you have to ask Lorianne. I don't think you're supposed to have, you know, 10 and 12 year olds getting, if they're getting inked. You don't see many. No. But uh, I yeah I don't know if there's a it's kind of like the uh, when uh, when uh, I remember when uh, when I was young and, and the girls would go get their ears pierced for the yes. first time it was a, a big deal right now, what about an earring would you be fine if the boys wanted an earring uh, I mean I don't think I can stop it at the, this point anyway mm. right like I would I be fine with it yeah whatever it's a it's a it's a phase yeah Daniel and Dave well not Daniel David I remember had uh, right. You all go through the phase that they go through. Yeah. I mean, I would probably try and talk them out of it. Mm-hmm. And, and I would just remind them how much it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a needle. Yeah. A big needle. Yeah. And that would probably do it at this point. I remember one Christmas, like shopping for earrings for my son. <laughs> That's... And we bought him lovely ones. I think he lost them. Right. Uh, but uh yeah, they go through that phase. I remember we were in the uh we were in Michigan driving somewhere. I think Marie and I were off on our own for a couple of days and I had said to both boys, but mostly David more than Daniel. I said, "Look at just give us 48 hours." Right. I, I, unless the don't do house, anything stupid. Unless the house is burning down, I really don't want to hear from you. <laughs> like, because it would seem anytime we were anywhere, even if we were just out for dinner. Right. I noticed this too with my nephew and his wife. Uh, they were out with us uh, this weekend. We went on a little golf weekend. We were up at uh, Stonehenge and at Lake Ridge and El Dorado and had dinner with Teddy Reader, who, by the way, will join us in about a half an hour. So. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got three kids. They've got a teenage daughter and two younger ones. Just constantly calling. Oh. The kids are just con- and constantly hungry. Their youngest son <laughs> is starving all day. <laughs> Won't eat dinner. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like always mommy, mommy, and and they're 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 Ubering food to them. Like it's oh, a really? whole it's a whole thing. And I just thought I remember telling my boys, starve. Yeah. Dinner's <laughs> coming. Figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, it's and I, I, a buddy of mine was the same way. Like his kids were just constantly always like, "I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm yeah. hungry." And then you'd serve them dinner, and they don't want it because they're grazers. Yeah, they just go around grazing, and they and they don't want dinner; they just want snacks. Yeah, that's right. They're horrible. Mm. Yeah. All right, so I, 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 uh, I get a whisper into your boys' ears to really. Start that process. <laughs> What's that? Tell Ta- your daddy you want a tattoo. Tattoos? And, yeah. and earrings. Again, 
Needles. Just tell them <laughs> it's a thousand needles. So, uh, oh yeah, back to when we were in Michigan and, and, uh, David called us. He called us because he decided he wanted to pierce his nipples. <laughs> <laughs> While you were away? Yeah. Had to be done now? Can I, can I get my nipples pierced? <laughs> <laughs> can I drown you? <laughs> he said, don't bug us about anything. Now you're bugging me about nipple piercing? I'm like, sure. Just attach the new keys to whatever house you're living in <laughs> to those. <laughs> and good luck to yeah. you. I'll take you to my guy who did my penis. <laughs> penis piercing. So how's your tat doing? That prison tat you got? Was it salad tosser or something like that? <laughs> It's time to chat with the godfather of the grill. It's Ted Reader. Good morning, Ted. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Lucky. Morning, Teddy. How are you? I'm doing just great. I uh, I have a question for you, Ted. Okay. All right. So yesterday, uh, late in the afternoon, we uh, we were getting a little hungry. Pre-dinner, we thought, well, we'll eat like a, an early dinner because we've been out golfing. We were up at, uh, at Lake Ridge playing golf. And then we came home and I decided I was craving a burger. And I'm making these burgers, and they're so juicy and great. And all I could think of was, I'm going to ruin a T-shirt, which is the great way to uh, to eat a burger. Teddy says that all the time. Yeah. But then I That's noticed true. after I cooked the burgers, Ted, down the side of my grill and on my deck, a lot of fat had dripped through and down. I've never seen this before. Do I have something clogged in my barbecue, or was it just that the burgers were extra fatty? Uh, gas or charcoal grill were you uh, on? Gas. Gas grill. Yeah. So you may need to adjust the, uh, the, the drip tray. Okay. It may not be set properly in there. It could right. be, have moved or shifted. Okay. And so then, or it has, oh, it's overflowing. So you do need to clean it out. Oh. And really, if you're using a gas grill, um, you know, every, I look at it every 10 times, mm-hmm. clean out that drip tray, clean out the firebox area, um, and, and scrub off all the burners and such, because you, you, you will get a buildup in there of that. And, and the other thing you can do so that you save your deck from grease stains and things like that, mm-hmm. there are what's called grill mats or grill pads. I do have one underneath the barbecue, but it just, uh, it's a little bit small perhaps. So yeah, it got, uh, mm. got past the, uh, the mat. Now yeah. it is funny. I looked over at Lucky when you said clean the grill every ten times. <laughs> I can guarantee you, between Lucky and I, we haven't cleaned it in ten years. Right. <laughs> I, I went up to a friend's place and and they had uh, a couple of grills on their deck and they're like, these grills aren't working. And I said they're only like two three years old. He hmm. said, no, they're horrible. We got to get new grills. They're not they're not working. And uh, so I opened them up and took a look, and there must have been three inches of crud built up on that on that drip tray, and it, it had completely come up right to the top of the burners. And so there was only flames getting out here and there in little spots. Wow. You really do need to clean it out. Um, a cleaner grill is a hotter grill, and it's also a healthier grill. So taking some time in your busy schedules, you know, because I know how busy you are working four hours a day, um, you know, go home instead of taking that nap for six hours. Why don't you clean your damn grill? Friday night we were at uh, at the joint with Ted and I had uh, the lovely Maria there and some family. We're at the bar. It's always a great time at the joint music playing. For the entire time we were there for dinner, all they did was mock me for my lack of doing anything. <laughs> 
Well, you strolled in on the red carpet like oh, yeah. you were some kind of royalty. It was, right. it was unbelievable, I oh, tell yeah. you. Thank God. I, went I don't inside. know where we could have parked your, your, your limousine service there. I, I went inside the parking lot. And I found Ted and I said, listen, I got family outside. Really play me up like I'm a big deal. <laughs> Now, hang yeah, on. I took it the opposite way. Yeah, of course. So, Clean Grill is a is a healthier grill. Obviously, obviously, I came across a special on Netflix called Poison: The Truth About Your Food, mm. and part of it was about hamburgers and something that had happened to Jack in the Box in the States with an E. coli outbreak, mm. and it all came down to not properly cooking and storing the hamburgers, and you know, frozen burger, fresh burger, all so important, Ted, uh, that you're not leaving it pink that is true so uh, a couple of things to remember uh one uh you definitely want to get your your burgers cooked all the way through uh internal temperature the best way to go is to 160 degrees and at at well and that's well done but you can still have a juicy burger so when it's grilling don't be squishing it and poking it and prodding it and cutting it open just let it cook and take it to 160. the other thing is burgers should go fresh burgers should go from the fridge to the grill. Don't let them sit out on the counter for an hour before, like, warm up. From the fridge to the grill and frozen burgers from the freezer to the grill. You do not thaw frozen burgers. Okay. And those are those are a couple little rules that will keep you safe and healthy and still give you a delicious burger. You know, the uh, letting the steak sit out and get to room temperature has been a, a kind of a rule I heard forever, but... You were the first chef I ever heard that said no. They can go right from the fridge to the uh, to the barbecue. Yep, I, I with my steaks at home, uh, I take them out of the fridge, uh, maybe ten fifteen minutes maximum before I start cooking. Okay. I just you know bring them out, let them sit there. If it's a super hot day, um, I just leave them in the house until it's time. Okay, you know you you want to be very careful with with food safety. That's it's an important aspect, especially with chicken mm. and ground meats. Well done is the way to go, and 160 degrees is the internal temperature that you're looking for. And don't squish or push, and that goes the same thing with a chicken breast. I'm sure and you don't always have to cook on high. And I'm sure in the restaurant game, uh, as much as being the chef and coming up with all this great food at the joint, uh, staying on top of your staff to make sure food safety is number one must be an ongoing concern all the time. All day long, yeah. all day long, right from washing dishes and how you wash dishes and, and making sure that your water is hot and that you're using soaps and sanitizers and cleaning counters down. And it's an ongoing process, and it, it, it takes time and, uh, and awareness, and, and the chefs and the cooks in the kitchen uh, really need to pay attention to that. And so we, we do spend a, a fair amount of time looking at that. It's uh, not an easy process, mm. but it, it's worthwhile in the end. You know, that's that's the key to making tasty health and safety. Yeah, and, and and the whole point of that that show was, especially when it came down to the ground meat, like you said, Ted, is that you know if it's one steak, that's that comes from one animal, mm. right? So the that's the it. odds that that one animal had some sort of bacteria are relatively low. Uh, ground meat could come from four hundred different cattle mm. <laughs> that's all ground together, right? And four hundred different animals, and so you're playing you're playing a risk there. And they had a lawyer talking about that, but you're right. They they said get to 160 and you're good well what we do at the joint is we we grind our own burgers we Mm. grind our own meat and uh we use only brisket 
and we grind in small batches, one to two briskets at a time, and that's it. Mm. And so we have that traceability. If I had a problem, I could go back to my suppliers and say, hey, uh, where did this brisket come from? Or where did this piece of meat come from? And and that's that's an important aspect to it. Yeah, and the, the larger the, the chain that's serving burgers, mm. um, <laughs> the more animals that are mixed together. Yeah, right. So it's always best to go to a butcher. See your local butcher in your neighborhood. Go down to the folks at Helenda's Meats. When they're grinding every day and they're putting it into the counter, they're usually using uh, fresh raw material. Uh, a lot of these burger processors are using um, boxed beef that comes from Uruguay, Australia, Paraguay. It comes from all over the world. And once it lands here in Canada, it becomes a product of Canada. And so you don't know where it is, and one uh, tainted piece of meat can infect uh, that that whole batch of burgers. Yeah. So it's always best make it yourself. Mm-hmm. Make it from scratch. It might take a little bit longer, but the end results are you're going to have a more delicious burger. This is why, when Lucky t- speaks of uh, food poisoning, this is why uh, I always just stay in the uh, potato aisle and chip uh, cookie aisle because nobody ever got listeria from Oreos. <laughs> no, and just a thing so that you know, uh, Oreos are a great binder for your burgers too. Grind them up, crush them up, put them in there. It'll put it together just nice and we'll easy. See at the joint. We'll we'll eat one of those up. Oreo burger. Teddy Reader, you're the king for Helinda's Meats. That's Ted Reader, the godfather of the grill. How do they get a hold of you, Ted, if they want to talk grilling, food safety, the joint, or anything on their mind? You're going to find me in the social media world at Ted Grills. Rock Mornings with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.